I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Hello, we're out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney for NPR Illinois Community Voices and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host today, Craig, joined by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Brett Rutherford. Hello there. Hi, and Vanessa Ferguson. Well, hello there, Greg McFarland. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing great. You know, today is like all things Pixar because we get to focus on the brand new Pixar film, Elemental, that is available to you right now on your movie theater screens. And I definitely would suggest that people go out and see this movie. How about you, Vanessa? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun, definitely worth seeing. And I can't wait to take my mom to see it so that she can see that it's totally okay when people cry. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and how about uh okay. how about you brett our uh i know this is kind of like a double shot of elemental for us because we've already done our one episode uh with yes. the director of elemental and that's oh pretty gosh. exciting too that is that's very exciting and i you know i i say it so many times but it's true i can't wait to see it again mm-hmm. yeah i mean i'm excited to go again and to take my son and just be able to uh, hang out there with him and i think that they're doing some really neat and interesting things as always as they continue to do at Pixar, continue to evolve the storytelling and the technology and everything else. So this is going to be a fun episode because at the end of this episode, I'm also going to be given the opportunity to include an interview that I'm going to be do- doing with uh, Shyla Olme, who is basically the mom to Ember in this film. And so we get to talk to her a little bit about her career in voice acting and then also this film in particular and the impact that it's had. So I'm excited to include that. So now not only do we get a director for this film, we also got one of the voice actors as well. Wow. So a very oh fun times here over at Beyond the Mouse. But what we normally do in this section is to provide a bit of a non-spoiler review before we really dive into spoilers. But we've done a lot of that already. So what I want to do is pitch it over to Vanessa. She's got a little okay. ditty she's going to talk about. So go ahead there, Vanessa. Yeah, I would just say, okay, so I'm going to give all the spoilers. So if you want non-spoilers, go to last week's podcast. Listen to that. Pause me now. Okay, are you doing it? Okay, you're doing it. Now you've come back. Now here are the spoilers. Okay, this is what Elemental is all about if you have not seen it yet. Okay, so we live in a town of elements. There are fire people, water people. uh, There are air people who look like clouds. And then there are uh, land people who look like trees. And in this town, immigrant fire people because they've immigrated to this town, they're not always treated well by other elements, especially the water people. I know. We don't like them at the beginning of this film. Ember is a fire element. She's trying to take over her dad's shop, but she has a temper. What is getting this girl hot? Well, we're going to find out. One day while trying to run this shop, which she doesn't really want to do, that's what's causing her temper, she has a huge blow up and busts a water pipe. And when you know it, a city inspector comes in through the pipes because he's that darn water person. So he comes in and he starts writing her up for all these violations. He's going to shut down her shop, but he's really emotional and he's crying the whole time because he hates that he has to do this, but he does. And he takes off running to go uh, file these violations and Ember, she chases after him and it's this really fun chase and they end up uh, at the city and she's able to convince him to help her prevent her dad's shop from closing. 
To do that, they've got to turn off this water situation. There's a leak somewhere. They've got to find it. And while they're trying to resolve this issue, they fall in love, as you do when you're trying to avoid city violations. I know what's happened to me. Anyway, um, Ember, she can't tell her family about her love for Wade because... He's a water guy. And eventually, through a series of events, Ember and Wade, they do end up together with her parents' blessing. And Ember gets to pursue her dream of glass blowing, which is super cool in this movie. So that's basically what happens. And we'll get into our favorite scenes and more details. But overall, that's the plot. Did I miss anything? What do you think, Brad? Did she miss anything? Uh, no, that was, that was, that's what happened. Um, I would definitely go see it because it's certainly, you know, an hour and 22 minutes, um, more information than that. So, um, but yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Overall, that's generally, basically what generally it's about the qualities of human nature found in elements. And it's a study Mm -hmm. of, no, (laughs) like what you, you know, yeah. Okay. We'll get into that, but yeah. Well, I think that it's kind of cool that, you know, Peter, when we talked to him last week, he talked about the idea that like, there's some of these like Pixar therapy sessions and he kept referring it to, to it that way, but it is neat that they're able to bring about these stories in a way that's fun and exciting and really draws kids in as well as adults. I think Pixar, does that better than any other animation company out there to be able to kind of get these heavier themes or these life lessons through story in a way that is so easily digestible by kids, but also us as adults can really dive into and dissect. And so let's go ahead and start with some of the overall characters of this and what we think about as far as our leads and our characters that are out there i want to start honestly i i ember is fantastic and i can't wait to talk about her i know she's the lead of the film but i do want to talk about wade ripple because this man is me uh and i i think i'm i'm this guy uh i don't think i don't think you are wade i'm gonna argue with you because because when we were in the theater i was the one crying right and then you left me laughing because I was crying at the end. So if anybody's gonna cry all the time, I think it's me. I think I am Wade. But okay, you know, Vanessa, Vanessa, if he self-identifies, one... if he identifies as Wade, let him identify as he Wade. He is the driest Wade I have met. Because he I was not standing there crying he with cries me on at the, the end. inside. I don't well, I was oh, crying with oh, you on the end. Internal flooding. Okay. I think it's more about the vulnerability that that character exudes and how it's okay to show these emotions and that you can still have strength through those emotions. I think that that's something that I've been working I on think that's a quite a bit point. over the last yes. uh, couple of years. And so that's yes. why I like him so much. But I'll say too that like, um, I, it's just some, most movies don't necessarily get me to tears this movie did at the end of the film there was some touching moments and you know like there was a moment that was pretty choreographed midway through the film you've at this point if you're listening you've seen the film but like the bow was kind of coordinate you know that was kind of like choreographed uh that that was going to happen at some point in the film but it still affected that me. made me cry i, I was falling when think- that happened <sighs> Oh, please. You didn't think that she was, you didn't think that she was going to bow to him. I knew it was going to happen, but it meant so much to him. And to see her give this honorable bow to her father when he never got that from his father. He gave it back. You've just spoiled one of my favorite moments. Well, that is one of my favorite moments. It's on my list too, Brett. It is. 
a favorite moment in the film because it just I don't know if you know when you have a parent and, and you wish you could do something like that for them and and that's just such a beautiful moment when you can do something like that it doesn't always happen mm-hmm. and even though it was mm-hmm. orchestrated a bit maybe forced I loved it it made me cry I was bawling forced forced fooey I don't fooey. think I didn't think it was forced at all that's what I'm saying that 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 got me still I still was crying because oh of that. no I'm just oh, saying okay. that it was very oh, I, was, okay. I was saying it was it was majorly choreographed that's all I was saying I don't care that well, it was majorly okay. choreographed I <laughs> love it I love it I see right. no flaws in that scene I I did like that scene a lot too, Uh, but I'm still going to argue that I'm with Wade here, but let's, let's talk about him as a character and water in general. I think we can kind of loop like lump or maybe um, I don't know, uh, precipitate all the water together uh, and talk about that. Cause it's also this interesting like class system in elemental as well. And it's shown that they're kind of like the upper class and it's mentioned at one point, she uh, Amber says something like your rich upbringing like it's like a coming uh, this can somewhat be a throwaway line but it's like you know you don't understand the rough streets of element city because you are of your rich upbringing uh in water well, and they're privileged he says they have a lot of it's my mom's house but uh, but okay let's get real for just a moment here pardon me i'm like he works for the city department and he's like you know i'm like well, i'm sure that's a wonderfully glamorous job and it gives him lots of money but in really is that a high glamour job i don't think well he keeps losing that- his job it's probably the best he could get at this point because he kept losing his job that's what he said okay well that's what he said okay. but they do they said. do have a that's lot of privilege and and you can tell in some of the dialogue that they've written well first of all the way that ember has to navigate the town and not get water on her that she is is afraid could kill her extinguish her flame that in itself shows light to the privilege but also there was one line that i went ooh when she meets wade's family and the mom said one of them says oh you speak so well and clear and it's like ooh, that hits a little too close to home i think for some people yeah that was showing that was showing yeah that particular person in the family and a lot of people have that particular person in their family Mm -hmm. (laughs) and sometimes it's an uncle uh no i i do think that uh i think that it does kind of show to me too like the burrows setting of kind of where fire is living versus like this glamorous like these glass palaces that water is living as well but that's kind of what's sort of cool about this story is that it started off as this what I thought was going to be sort of a more traditional like Romeo and Juliet and, you know, the Montagues and the Capulets and like, they're going to go at each other. But it was interesting that Wade's family was so supportive of this relationship right from the very beginning. I thought that that was an interesting take on it. And it leads into the characters overall uh, kind of emotional, you know, where, where he's at, like emotional fortitude that he's able to have this supportive family structure around him as well. And that sort of helps shape that character in a interesting way. Um, as your like love story, you got, you disagree, right? No, I think that's good. I know. I think it's correct. I'm like going, you know, no, I don't disagree at all. Vanessa, any other thoughts on, on Wade and, and whatnot until we, so we can talk about Wade and whatnot. I love Wade. I love him. I love the family. And mm-hmm. I uh, I do. I do think that it's interesting how they took a love story and they spun it a little bit. They put that 
immigrant story on it as well. And and we didn't get this from Peter when we interviewed him, but he has a fantastic story that about um, his family. And it is actually referenced in this movie. So on uh, his grandmother, Peter's grandmother's dying bed, her last words were, marry Korean. And he is a Korean himself. And he ended up not marrying Korean. And I think maybe he's able to laugh about that now because in the movie, we see the scene where the grandmother goes, marry fire. And obviously Ember does not fall for fire. So it's just very funny that they could take that personal story and, and put some humor to it because it may not have been super funny at the time. Yeah, I, I think that that's what Pixar loves to have their directors do is to bring their own personality and, and story into those films. And I think that that's what helps make them so real. Brett, you want to start us off on fire or do you want to talk a little bit about water? Uh, sure, we can talk about we can talk about fire because I think, you know, there's so many, as I've said, layers to this story. Yes, this um, sort of, I guess, an economic diversity and the plights of of well fire versus you know water and who knows where I mean, we need the air stories and 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 the plant stories we'll get to that but anyway i think what was so interesting about ember is that she didn't understand her rage and then when she makes this realization that she was she the reason for her anger was this pressure that she put on herself to do what her father wanted and to and then and when she finds out what she wants to do then the rage you know disperses and goes away mm -hmm. and that we and, and and any child really knows this you know it's it's hard to have parents with expectations of this and that but if you tell them this is what i really want to do most parents will at least you know well some parents hopefully most parents would say well i just wanted you to be happy so mm -hmm. finding that, you know, was just a, an interesting life lesson. So I'm glad that they were able to touch on that, that, you know, be you and be the best you and you won't, you know, explode. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think I think that's a really common story, whether it has to do with what they want you to do as a career, who they want you to marry. But often I, I see with friends that a lot of what brings them angst is this sense of tradition or I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And it doesn't always align with their core values and what they really want to do. And uh, I often tell people, who cares? Who cares about tradition? But that's that's really hard to let go of. I, you know, I remember when I was a kid and my dad used to say, you need to be a veterinarian. I'd be like, dad, stop telling me that. Obviously, I'm going to be a big star. Stop telling me I'm going to be a veterinarian. Now that didn't happen. But, you know, that that feeling of, Am I going to disappoint my family if I don't do what they want me to do? I mean, that's very real. And, I, and it's fascinating to see how it was integrated into this story of elements of all things. Yeah, it's really... Uh... I like that it brought in, like you were saying, Vanessa, that theme of like an immigrant tale, because you hear this a lot from like reading or watching uh, people that are first generation Americans and kind of that pressure of trying to ensure that there's some kind of consistency in their traditions from the cultures that uh, their parents had left behind and then also kind of more assimilating into uh, American culture or whatever in this case uh, elemental culture I guess in this element city but I'd like that, that that's what they did and like you even saw that 
they were in sort of, they did the waves of kind of immigrants uh, to Element City at the beginning. And uh, the fire, the two parents that come over, they are like one of the first people to buy in that particular area. And their shop becomes kind of this center hub to foster all this other development of fire around them. And so it's become this huge cultural important spot where I think that a lot of the people that uh, a lot of the fire elements are able to go to and feel comfortable because they're not able to get into the city for whatever reason. Well, first of all, you have to travel by like boat train, right? And there's water spilling everywhere all the time. But also I think that there's some like plight there. There's also the idea of, of money as well. And so mm-hmm. I like that they set this up as like this is a cultural institution in addition to just a shop that her dad has, because I think that that added a bit of additional pressure on her. And I thought Ember was acted wonderfully. The voice acting is great because there's so many emotions at play uh, that Leah Lewis is playing with here when she goes into it. And uh, just a note on that. Leah Lewis has been in a lot of things. She's been in a lot of different TV shows. She's a younger actress. But what I like about this movie too is that it doesn't necessarily have like the crazy star names in their voice acting. Uh, And Brett has his hand up on that. So I know he wants to follow up on that too. Well, as as you, I think sometimes... I sometimes I feel that when very well-known actors are cast as voice actors, their celebrity and kind of their body of work can detract from the story and the characters in the animated film. Because mm-hmm. when we know it's so-and-so in this, you know, other than John Ratzenberg, who's been in, you know, practically everything. I don't know if he was in this, but anyway, you know, and that's kind of, that's a callback and a really kind of comforting thing in all Pixar things. But, but sometimes it's kind of, it's this stunt casting you know, I mean, people mm-hmm. will come to this because so-and-so is in it. And I wasn't really familiar with, you know, the actors that were playing this. So these were all new voices to me. So I think it it gave more authenticity to the story for me, um, uh, you know, other than Catherine O'Hara. But she, you know, she wasn't being Mi- Myra, Moira. Moira. She wasn't being Moira or anything like that. And she so wasn't, she was, you know, she was being her own you know, character in this because she's a talented actress and she can play anything. But I, yeah. that's what I liked about this. Um, you know, it, I thought it was exceptional voice acting, but not knowing them, you know, by their voice was a good thing for me. So and it used yeah. to be that like that that was kind of the norm was to actually get and now these are these folks like every one of these actors have also acted on screen, but they've also done a good deal of voice work. And I like that with this particular film, it didn't seem like they were just going out and trying to grab the big name. Now that means you also don't get that big name on the poster. You don't get to say Chris Pratt is Mario, you know, uh, but you do still get to be able to see, I think it, 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 it doesn't take away from the story. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like, mm-hmm. oh man, I'm really hearing this voice. Even with Catherine O'Hara, I didn't even, even really right. necessarily nope. yeah, I, like. That's what I wanted to her. jump in about. Because yeah, if you, if you listen to her, like I'm, I was sitting there listening to her and I'm like, she is so good at this. She is so good at voice acting. The way she delivers her lines, I, I just think that it would be so easy to deliver them in a very flat way. And she's so dynamic and interesting that it's not too distracting. It's You don't sit there and go, oh, there's Catherine O'Hara being Catherine O'Hara. No, it's it's different. And she is a real talent. I 
I loved her as Wade's mom. She does a great job. Absolutely. Uh, but going back uh, to Ember and to the fireside and any of the, the story elements that we have there as well, I appreciated uh, thoroughly the parents in this uh, because I felt like in the end, like, you know, in a movie like this where there's really no antagonist other than this kind of broken reservoir and water, you start to find antagonists in other locations. And one of those being, I, I think that we all have feelings towards this father at some point in this movie. And it's because he seemingly is not willing to trust his daughter, but then also uh, not willing to let her kind of live out her dreams. And of course, he's just misinterpreted throughout this. Right. And so mm -hmm. it's not, it's one of those situations where we get this realization and this uh, we're able to kind of uh, understand it a bit better. So it's funny when you said we have feelings about the dad, because my feeling was, I'm like, Oh no, Pixar, please don't kill off another father. Please don't do the Disney thing. I can't watch it. Cause every time he coughed, I got so nervous that this was the end. And, and this was going to be a, a very dramatic really? moment in our film. Thankfully he lives. Mm, oh, Pixar's doing that to you. Hmm, giving you doubts right? and all that. Yes. Stuff. Yes, exactly. So I, I was, nervous but I can see what you're saying like it is frustrating when he gets mad at her but again it seems like this lack of communication that that's happening and we just need Ember to have more confidence to speak to her father one more thing that I can say about the fire people is I loved how creative the team was in designing things for the fire people to do and how they interact with their surroundings and with others for example, in the chase scene, I thought it was brilliant that Ember, to try to get ahead of Wade and block him, grabs a bottle of oil, sprays it on the ground, and then ignites it and becomes huge. And I thought, gosh, that is so smart. That is so creative. And even when Wade and Ember are touching, the whole film, I know I mentioned this before, but the whole film, I'm sitting there thinking, this is never going to work. They are not going to figure this out. This is not there. They'll never be able to have to. How are they going to have babies? We're never. What's going to happen? And then, sure enough, they they are able to touch without killing each other. And um, you know, it was it was just really fascinating. I, I encourage you if you're watching it, uh, going to watch it again, to really pay attention to those elements. Not even just fire. Like I liked how the the tree people, the little the wooden tree boy. He says, like, I'm a, I'm grown now. And he shows her uh, his uh, sprouted flowers from his armpits. I thought that was so clever. So, so funny. So there's a lot of little moments like that that you can pay attention to. And she just kept she just kept burning it, too. I like that, that she was yeah. just, like, not having it. Uh, Ember was great. She was, like, a really fierce character in this whole thing. But then, like Brett was saying, she didn't understand that she still needed that confidence to be able to move past some of her temperament as well. And that Wade was able to follow up with that. I'm going to go to Brett right away with this one. Yes. So, like, yes. Well, with the father, he, I think that he would have thought that, that Ember, that's what she wants because she never to, you know, to follow in his footsteps because she never indicated it was anything, but so, so on, in his defense, he, you know, didn't know. You know, because she had indicated, I, when am I going to? When am I going to be taking over mm -hmm. the business? So, so yeah. he did not know, but then he knew. 
I love the mother too. Are we going to talk about, you know, cause she was kind of like the, the go between both, bo- between both of them when they finally, when she figured it out, you know, that they, uh, that she they was matched. in love with water. Yes. They matched yes. with the, with like basically what were the match sticks as well. I yes. Like and how do you, how is he going to do that? He, cre- you know, they created the smoke. He created the smoke and, they, and they were and it was a match. You're perfect. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And once she had that, then she was on, she was on right. Team Wade all right. the way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I did like her uh, kind of journey as well, because we get to kind of see her be feisty. We see sort of like where Ember got a little bit of that too, when she's messing with the doorman uh, at the water place too. And I, I really, I don't know. It's, it's just a, a fun cast of characters all around that go into this, all these elements of this uh, film and it's was a really enjoyable watch for me for sure. Let's talk about uh, a bit about any of the technical uh, aspects that we want to. And then I do want to hit on some of your favorite scenes and whatnot. And then of course, in full disclosures, we'd like to be a little bit uh, uh, objective here and say, if there's anything that didn't work for us, but let's go into the technical stuff first. And Vanessa, I'll start with you there. Can I have an example of what you're looking for when you say technical? Well, think about like the animation. Um, and like, you know, Brett brought this up in the interview with Peter that typically they try to focus on one particular element or area of, and I don't mean element as in like elements like this film, but like one particular area of film. For example, uh, Coco brought about light, right? They focused so much on Mm -hmm. making that environment look so beautiful with light. Finding Nemo, they interacted with water, you know, all these different things. Uh, I think, Brett, you mentioned Merida's human hair is what they were focusing Mm -hmm. on in Brave. So is there anything that, like, technically, how did you enjoy the animation style of this? I enjoyed it. It didn't, I was worried in seeing the design that I would be taken out of the story because they it's a little fireball and a squishy looking guy so that you know maybe if you didn't realize he was water maybe you would think he was some kind of an amoeba or something but once it's explained to you what he is it's like oh yeah 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 that's water I can see the reflection I can see the bubbles in it I think that was well done I mean Peter talked about that in um, making sure that it wasn't looking like jello or it you know that that when you saw the features of the elements that they did look realistic but not so over the top or frightening that this it disconnected you from the story so I, th- I think they did a great job with that honestly I was more focused on the creative design of the city mm-hmm. and how everything was incorporated together how they could the elements could travel in cracks uh, in between buildings and how they could put fire in an air bubble and send her through the water safely and and things like that. I just thought that it was, I just thought it was extremely creative and I'm not an artist in that way or a designer. So I'm, I'm probably not the best to speak on this, but I will throw it to Brett who can do a much better job than I can. Oh, that's, we have very high expectations and set the bar too high for me right at this point. But, <laughs> um, it, uh, I think, okay, this is what I have to say, that there, I think there might be 
a feeling um, if you are watching, you know, if you're watching the previews or something, oh, this is just Zootopia, only it's something different. Well, it's not. You know, Zootopia was entirely different, really, because, but, but Elemental creates total environments that showcase the world in which these elements can live together. And I can't, and I'm really hoping that there's a Disney Plus series in the future so we can discover all the other different elements and lands and all of that sort of thing. Because I want to, you know, I want the story about the clouds and all of that because, you know, anyway so but i thought it was beautiful and you know and it, and, and when i i did ask um i did ask peter the uh you know are you adding on to you know since you have your water element and all this and he said that it was that they did have to wait for technology to catch up to this idea but it's kind of takes the i the idea of water and now um, creates characters out of that. And, and of course the fire, you know, the fire not being scary, <laughs> which I'm like, <laughs> going, you know, so, I mean, you know, so I thought, uh, so I thought that was ex extremely well, uh, conceived and designed. And I'm glad that, that Pixar had the faith in this story to wait for the timing that the technology could, uh, could bring together such a beautiful show film. I think, you know, for me, it was more like the, there, it almost seemed like more of a mixed media than traditional other Pixar Disney films have uh, re more recently because I got I kind of almost a sense of some cell shading out of the fire. And that brought me into like more of my like comic books and what I really enjoy there and how, and I think that that's how they were able to kind of bring about sort of the more friendly uh, nature of these elements as opposed to making them spooky or scary, which is what something Peter was uh, referenced in our interview. And, and, you know, it's just like, I, I appreciated that a lot. I really enjoy when, animators are able to play with different styles a bit and certainly we got that uh as well uh, in recent pixar films but it came you know i i just thought that the fire was really well designed and flowed so well and then to see little things like the whenever the two of them got close together you could see the water and wade start to boil a little bit i thought that was really cool and then of course when they made that connection like vanessa was saying like when they when they made that that touch and sort of how they played with that the elements reacting together right so and that kind of it was neat to hear peter talk about like uh how he brought science into that like how he was like ah, i kind of you know science in high school and whatnot and um it's sort of cool to play with all those different pieces of his backstory too um and i thought that that was a really neat way to do that but you guys said that you had some favorite scenes that you wanted to talk about so let's talk about them and vanessa just put both of her hands up at me so apparently she has yes. one so basically it's any scene where wade is crying He's extremely empathetic. He feels things for others very deeply. And as someone who gets made fun of for crying at silly things, I appreciated this. There's this scene where they're trying to not to cry, but they're trying to make each other cry so that they can play the, win this game. And he's like, windshield wipers, butterfly stuck on a windshield wiper, half a butterfly. And he just, you know, they, they all start tearing up and crying. And it's just, it's so hysterical, especially when we first meet Wade and he's like, you know, he's, I don't remember exactly what he says, but it's, she's explaining to him like, no, you can't write up a violation. He's, this is your father's shop. And you're trying to run it for him. 
you know, it's so, so hilarious. And uh, I, I just love any scene with him. But I think one other scene that really had me laughing was the family when they're interacting with him and he's leaving. I think someone gives him a painting and they're like, I call it a painting of a lonely man. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. So it's just like these, these, this whole family is very much in touch with their emotion and empathy and they just can't hold it in. And it's, it's really, really hysterical. I, those all of those all of those i'm pulling a brett here all of those are my favorite scenes certainly allowed certainly allowed i enjoyed the basketball game a lot i thought that that was really fun because you know and two like we get this character of gail which i thought was uh aptly named for the the wind element but also like you get uh to be able to see like that's when Wade turns on his magic for the first time where he's able to connect with these people. And Ember's like, I'm trying to just make like one human connection. And you just connected with an entire st uh, stadium full of people as well. And so I, I thought that that was uh, cool. And I liked that, like the game that they came up with and everything else. Um, but... I just realized when you said it was aptly named that Gale is a type of wind. That's so great. <laughs> You didn't know wow. that? I never, I Did never you have to Wikipedia that, that one? Okay. I had to search it real quick. I'm like, wait a minute. Isn't that a type of wind? It's a strong wind. She's a strong wind. Gotta love that Gale. Oh, that's mm -hmm. clever. See what I mean? They're so darn clever in this movie. Wow. I just love these yes. little touches. And I and knew you... Ember. I got Ember. And I get Ripple. Yes. But I didn't. I didn't. I need to look up the rest of their names, see if there's anything else funny in here. Um, I think Continue. they're all apropos to their characters. While she's doing that, <laughs> I'm Go just ahead, like, Claude. No. What's Cla Claude's the tree? Is there anything yeah. with trees and Claude's? Well, I'm going to look it up. Clod? Go ahead. I'm... A dirt Claude? But he's a tree. Well, it's an earth element. Oi. Okay. Um, oh, where were we? We're talking favorite scenes. Okay. Anytime that we are with the ripples, I love those wet people. Or anyway, I love all of the characters. I like want to spend more time with the ripples. And I can't wait to see their Disney Plus series. So, <laughs> but the other thing, and I know this is a little strange because I liked the credits so much. You know, I mean, I, I brought it up to Peter in our interview. I'm like, going, it's a wonderful film, but, I, you know, all of the. I love the scenes. It's the end of the film, but please stay and watch it, especially if you're water, you know, because you're going to cry. It's going to get you because, yeah. you know, as Vanessa, you know, when we were talking, you know, after the film, I mean, I don't recall ever. And she did not recall. You didn't recall mm -mm. watching or, you know, of credits that included like the orchestra members by name. Which yeah. is just well, and by duh, section. you know, by section. That. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. So that was great. I'm so glad they did that. And there was, you know, I mean, there's all the myriad of departments that, and and they all had their names in there because I'm like going, you know, have have providing lunch and providing transportation and you know production assistance and all that. Every mm -hmm. job is important on such a film. So I loved the way they honored all that, and then you know the tributes to those that had passed and relative family members and other people was just yeah. wonderful. And how, you know? how heartbreaking was it? I, I hadn't realized that Peter's parents passed during the making wow. of this film. So to have yes. them included, their photo mm -hmm. included, 
So he was giving Got me. his bow to them. Mm -hmm. The tribute. Bow. Oh, he yep. was. Oh, you're gonna make mm -hmm. me cry. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna do it with it's very me. hard okay, feel. Oh, okay. <laughs> One, two, three. Uh, 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 uh. That's not an authentic sound. I'd really want to cry because it was really I do. touching. But I won't. I know. Do it when... But we can't. We, we can't. We can't do our. If we are, if we were tearing up, we can't really give an audio impression of that other than drip, drip. But that's kind of anyway. exactly. Well, and you know, we haven't we haven't talked about it yet. And I knew that Vanessa wanted to talk about it, but uh, we can either talk about uh, Carl's date here, or we can oh, kind of save it for a little bitty at the end. But I think just talking about it as part of our favorites, because yes. I, I really enjoyed this short. I loved it so much, Vanessa. Okay, 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 okay. I'm so glad we're talking about this because if you have not been watching Doug Days on Disney Plus you have to go on to Disney plus and watch all of them. They are hysterical. Basically um, what's happening with that is Bob Peterson wanted to pick back up with the up story. He didn't think it warranted a sequel, but he thought maybe a collection of shorts. And so we have these really, really funny shorts where we see Carl. He has adopted Doug. Doug calls him Papa and he, they, you know, they have a lot of funny adventures in their new home and this new one. So I watched all of them and I was so upset because there weren't any more, but they did make this one only to premiere before this film. And it's called Carl's date. And basically Carl gets asked out on a date and he's freaking out because, you know, Ellie, what's, what would Ellie think? He turns her picture around and then Doug is so confused. Papa, you will act like a dog. You will bring her a toy. And it's just, it's, oh, it's so, so cute. It's so, so funny. If you're a dog person, if you have a dog, you're going to get a lot of these subtle jokes that are throughout, even through the whole series. I highly, highly recommend watching it. Even if Up wasn't your favorite, the this series is so funny. I've never been so excited about a series like this in a long time. I probably, the last time I was this excited was when I watched Frozen, which says Whoa. a lot. I know I'm hyping it up a lot, but I really, really enjoyed this series. And I very much want everybody to go watch it and then come talk to me because I've, I haven't met anybody else who's watched these. I need to talk to somebody about this. Yeah, I think well, I need to go and check them out all the way because I really enjoyed this short quite a bit. It was so much fun. And then like the the way that they brought in like the score from up still, they brought in Married Life again when he was looking at the mm -hmm. picture before he left. And oh, it was just oh, it's just lovely. So I yeah. I really liked that. You know, it's kind of fun to get these shorts before Disney and Pixar films. And we don't necessarily get them all the time anymore before a Disney film, but we certainly get them still before our Pixar films. And I always appreciate that too. Uh, and maybe that's part of because like, you have these animators that are just sort of on the payroll continuously and they can work on these kind of projects as opposed to getting dropped. Like it's sort of what Peter was talking to us in our interview last week. But Brett, uh, thoughts on Carl's date? Well, anytime you you see that there's a you know a short before a Pixar film, it just make, feels you full of joy, and then it didn't disappoint afterwards. So it was so it's good to know that there's more to that up story. And now I have to go watch it because I want to talk to you all about it, Vanessa. Oh, good, let good, me be good, your good. Person. <laughs> I was watching best. it on the way back, driving from Maryland, and then I found myself talking like Doug because he's a very <laughs> way of talking. I, was, I will turn left. 
I will drive us home, mama, and, <laughs> and things like that. So, you know, don't do that. Don't become yes. so obsessed that you start talking well, like Doug. Don't but watch I it while you're driving, but I'm like. Well, oh. I mean, I was I was listening. Okay. I had watched them and I was listening and then. Okay. Know, it was a replay yeah. value. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. So now we're going to dive into the area where maybe we talk about if there's anything that didn't quite work for us in the film. Uh, and we'll go here. I will say that the length was perfect for me. Usually I complain about the length. So I thought it was uh, really well paced. God, I love that song too. Uh, Steal the show. I love Steal the show and I've listened to it a billion times. Um, but those are the things I still liked. But Vanessa, you raised your hand. I have two things. First of all, I, these are just things when the movie left me going, hmm, how did that work? That didn't that make sense to me. And there's probably something I missed. It's all because uh, I very much appreciate Peter and I, I don't want to be overly critical here. But why was it when she was handed the pamphlet, it didn't burn up? But when she's handed Claude's flowers from his armpit, it did burn up. Why is that? They're both, you know, paper material. Combustible. Why did one burn and one didn't burn? And then also, Wade mentions that his dad died. And we think Wade has died in one part, but he doesn't. He evaporates into the ceiling and into the chimney. Now, did he not die because his water was collected? Did his dad die because he evaporated and his water was not collected? What is happening? Why did that happen? I just have questions and I was confused. And so that's all I have. So a little bit about the physics, huh? Yeah, just well, a bit. I, I mean, it's like I said, I probably missed something or maybe it wasn't relevant to the story. But that's those are the things that I left the theater going, hmm, I wonder why that you didn't, happened, why that didn't happen. You didn't see that happening? You know, there, they, there was a moment, you know, where, I mean, he was evaporating. And I'm like going, condensation, condensation, condensation. I know, but his dad died. So how did his at dad, that point, how I, do you I, kill I, water? That's why I was that like, point, how do you kill water? I, that Vanessa, that's one a of wonderful question, electrons? but that's one of that's a wonderful question, but it really had no issue for me. Um, so okay. I'm like, so I'm like, I like, I saw the condensation. I'm like, going, we're not done yet. So I, you didn't, you didn't think he'd be coming back. I kind of thought maybe when I saw the evaporation, you know, when I saw the steam happening, I'm like, going, I don't think we're done yet. No, but then I, I, I was completely know. gullible and thought that he was gone, you know, but, but then I'm like going, aha, I was correct. Condensation. Condensation. So, okay. Okay. But what didn't work for you? Uh, let's see. Let me look at my notes here. Oh yes. No complaints here. Oh, okay. look at you. All right. Okay. Fine. Fine. I had to dig deep um, in order to find something that didn't necessarily work. I guess what didn't work for me is that we didn't get to see more of Element City because mm -hmm. we really only got mm -hmm. to see parts of it. I, I'm hoping that, you know, like you never know what's going to hit in um, kind of today's world between like theatrical releases and streaming and all of this. And of course, uh, you're hearing this right after the opening weekend. So you're going to know what the box office numbers are for Elemental. But I kind of hope that we do get to explore the space a little bit more because mm -hmm. I think it's a neat and interesting concept, much like Disney has Zootopia and they have San Francisco and now they uh, Pixar can have Element City and be able to kind of explore and map this out a little bit. I also would love to see a short where Ember and Riley get to hang out and meet because I feel like those uh, those ladies have some things to talk about. Uh, but it, I, I just want to see more. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated the story for what it was. It didn't 
fall into a lot of the tropes. Uh, it had a lot of uh, really deep themes and some discussions that can be had out of those themes. And just, you know, it was a home run hit for me. And uh, Peter worked on it for seven years and job well done. Working on it for seven years, by the way, when he's like busy voice acting over in Lightyear and he's busy helping uh, consult on this project and being able to do all these different things all at the same time. It's just really incredible the amount of creativity that comes out of Pixar in particular and why it's so great that uh, Disney acquired them, you know, back in the early 2000s or so. Uh, it's, it's definitely like we reap the rewards of that almost every single day as fans. Yeah, definitely. And I would say it's just a great, fun, enjoyable film. And I hope everyone else enjoys it like we did. Yeah. And so maybe some final thoughts. And then you're not going to get a traditional outro from us today because I'm going to take it over and go to the interview that I'm going to have. Uh, and so just final thoughts from Brett and Vanessa before I pitch it over to, well, myself. <laughs> Okay. Well, it's final, final thoughts. thoughts. I can't wait to hear this interview that's coming up and uh, wish you the best, Craig. I know you're going to knock it out of the park. Absolutely. Oh, I concur. I concur. Absolutely. But, you know, as far as my last, what are final thoughts? Yes, final thoughts. Um, I always enter Pixar films with a little trepidation. I mean, they certainly know how to pull all of the emotional strings, but this time they played those strings like a harp concerto. Elemento is very beautiful, intelligent, and loving, and a lovingly thought-provoking film. How's that? That was that not was prepared so or read or anything. I say so that was spontaneous. Dramatic. So spontaneous. I'm like, well, that was I'm an so actor. good off the top of your head. Yes, thank you. Awesome. It was not, wow. it was off the, it was okay. It was off the top of my head when I was prepared. Oh, I was preparing for this interview for preparing for this interview or excuse me for this, you know, recap. Uh-huh. Yes. So, mm -hmm. yes. So that was a thought from my head. I did. Yeah. So that's where it is. That was the thought from my head that I wrote down. And then I, I want to Pixar film called thoughts from Brett's head. <laughs> it would just be all kinds of fun things. Oh my Bing gosh. Bong might be I don't there. think Who knows? Yeah, I'm like going, I don't, you know, I often say I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't go there on or, a day or pass. I, so I I'm like, going, I don't suggest you come to my brain. One scene pass. would just be your brain cells doing the cha-cha and you hear it go. Da, 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 da. Hey, yeah, da, I da, before this goes da, completely yeah. off the rails, <laughs> I am going to pitch it over to myself with my interview with Shyla Omi. And uh, we will see Brett and Vanessa uh, in the very near future. So bye guys. Guys, we'll chat with Bye. you later. Bye. Goodbye. Have fun. Have fun. Us. Hi, everyone. This is Craig, as promised, at the end of our full disclosure for Elemental. We're also going to bring you a really special interview that I was able to have with Shyla Omi, who plays Cinder in the film, and that is the mother of Ember, our lead character in Elemental. So she is a fire element and uh, she gets to kind of interact in that way. And she also is sort of the matchmaker of sorts for not only Ember, but also for all of the fire elements that are living in Elemental City as well. So I'm really had a great conversation with Shyla. It was great to be able to talk to her about some of the themes of this film, some of the ones that we've already discussed in our full disclosure or in our preview, or even with our direct, the director interview with Peter Son. Uh, it, 
it's just great to be able to talk to not only the director of a film, but also to one of the artists from the film as well, one of the actors, to kind of get some different perspectives on the meaning of these themes, and especially her, because she did immigrate from Iran and uh, has been really an advocate for lots of different areas, including uh, immigrants and also mental health awareness as well. So I get a chance to talk to her about some of those issues, but I don't want to leave you hanging any longer, so I'm just going to go straight to my interview with Cinder from Elemental, and that's Shaila Omi. Hello, Craig. Hello. I am, uh, so I'm Craig. I'm from NPR Illinois and Beyond the Mouse podcast as well. So it is so great to get a chance to talk to you and just congratulations on an amazing film. I had a chance to see it last week and it is just remarkable. It really continues in that Pixar tradition. It really does. Thank you so much. It's it's wonderful to be here with you today. And uh, I really have to pinch myself every single day. I, I can't believe how fortunate and honored I am to be part of a Disney and Pixar film. I mean, these Disney and Pixar together are the gold standard of animation, and they have been creating the most incredible work for um, decades together. You've been an advocate for certain themes throughout your career, and it seems like this uh, animated film also gets to touch on a lot of those themes. I wanted to start because I loved researching uh, what you've done with mental health and mental health awareness. And what I love about Elemental is that to me, it almost seems like the evolution of where Pixar is going with this because uh, Wade is so vulnerable in this movie and so many of the characters are expressing different emotions and trying to get a sense of how best to handle and react to those. So I just wanted to get your reaction to when you first read this story in this script, was there anything that you were able to draw out there from the mental health awareness side? First of all, I'm so happy that you mentioned Wade. Wade is one of my favorite characters, that he is so vulnerable, as you said, and he's so compassionate and so uh, cries at, at, at the thought of butterflies losing their wings. And uh, he's really the type of person that brings out the absolute best in, in everyone that he meets. And uh, which, uh, by the way, is how I feel about Peter Son, who's the, the creator and director of this. And so many people that work at Pixar. Um, they're, they're such humble, beautiful, uh, emotional, empathetic people that it, it's, it's such a pleasure to be working with them. And uh, as far as mental health is concerned, as you know, I play Cinder, who is a fire character. And um, I'm the mother of the main character, Ember. And something that really resonated with me with Ember's uh, journey through this film is that uh, Ember is the only daughter of immigrants mm -hmm. who came, you know, of course, they're elements. They used to live in Fireland and uh, a, a big storm came and they had to leave Fireland. And uh, Cinder was pregnant with uh, Ember when they first left, but they left Fireland to create a better life for Ember. And so what resonated with me is that not only am I an immigrant myself, but I'm also the daughter of immigrants. And something that I noticed so much in what Ember's going through in her journey, what I've been going through my entire life is there is a keen awareness that we sons and daughters of immigrants, um, a lot of us have, of the 
incredible sacrifices that our family had to make in order for us to have a better life, whatever that means. And this mm, is a burden and it's a guilt and it's heavy on us that on the one hand, it's beautiful. It makes us who we are. It makes us, I hope, better people. It, it For me personally, I can say that I'm, um, I, I still want to take care of my friends and and very grateful to my host country, the, the United States, for um, giving me a life and giving me a home that I want to do my best. But the burden um, is uh, really heavy and life is really too short. And I, I wish that there were more psychological um, uh, tools for immigrants to be able to uh, live less burdened lives, you know, that are so, so guilt-ridden. And we had the chance to talk to Peter as well. And he talked about bringing in his stories of his parents and immigrating from Korea and trying to uh, assimilate into this culture and to keep their own cultural values as well. And what I think is wonderful about this film is that it's not, it, it has these themes that clearly adults can grasp onto, but it's delivered in a way that I think it will really help kids, especially kids that might be the children of immigrants to be able to really be able to see themselves in a film like this and to relate and understand that. I know you've talked a lot about representation in film, but can you talk about why that's important for not only adult themed films, but also for children's animated films like this? It's the only way to make the world and our futures a better future for humanity and for, for people everywhere is to begin with kids. And what's so universal about this story is that I, I know that it features immigration, but it relates to anyone who thinks differently than you, anyone who looks differently than you or, or lives or behaves differently than you. But there's such a lovely message, such an important message that when we accept people that are different than us, in that acceptance, in that wanting to look to see, wow, how do you live the way you do? How interesting. That creates an alchemy that makes all of us better people. It, it makes both parties better. Um, you know, and, and um, the fact that it touches on how on the outside things appear, the way it appears is that these people are so different from each other. Mm -hmm. But all you have to do is to look and you'll see that they are so similar. And, and this is the, the fact of humanity. And I love that interaction when uh, Ember first goes to Wade's family, because it could have been really tropey, kind of like this Romeo and Juliet, um, but it, they took it in a different direction and they were so opening and, and welcoming to that as well. Now, when we talked to Peter, he said he's definitely a water element because of the tears oh, that yes. come out all the time. He really so, is. Yeah. Uh, now I've got to ask you, what element do you most relate to? Is it fire? No, I mean, I, I really relate to Cinder in that Cinder's, the, this is the first time ever that I've played a character that is exactly like me. I'm a total matchmaker, <laughs> terrible matchmaker, terrible at it. I've never uh, been successful, but I don't stop, um, you know, and, and the fact that she's an immigrant. And uh, so in those ways, I'm very much like Cinder, but I, I really relate to the water characters too. I just love Wade and Wade's mom, yeah. um, Brooke Ripple so much. Catherine O'Hara, are you kidding me? 
Right. Who doesn't love Moira Rose, right? Uh, No, that's so wonderful. (laughs) And speaking of that, you know, you're also, so you're in this extremely successful Apple TV Plus uh, series as well, Tehran, but in that's going to be live action. You're doing so much voice work in this. And what is the difference there from an acting point of view, especially when you can't necessarily see your character fully rendered until maybe much later in the process? How do you go with that challenge as an actor? I tell you, I, I feel like film acting is a challenge. It's just as challenging as doing a voiceover work because with film acting, you never know how they're going to edit it. So, because uh, mm-hmm. editing is so, uh, it's such a huge part of storytelling and it can totally change whatever you think you were giving. Uh, it can be that, you know, all your lines are on someone else's face. <laughs> it's almost like voiceover work. But, um, uh, here's the big difference is that I feel like with, um, you know, I've been doing plays for the Iranian community for a couple of decades for Iranians and diaspora. I can't go back to Iran, but I love theater. Um, film is new to me. So mm-hmm. for me, film acting, what I've noticed is, and this is the same in theater acting, and it's really the same in any art, is that with any art to do it well, it's like you're walking on a tightrope. Because as a painter, a little too much red, not enough is wrong. Uh, In acting for the film, a little too much emotion, bad. Uh, Not enough emotion, bland. A little, you know, so it's a Mm tightrope. With uh, voiceover work, the tightrope is for your voice, but you don't have to deal with your voice and your body and your facial expressions and what your hands do. Um, You know, so it's it's a more... um, what is the word lasered in type rope that it's just the voice and your emotions of course and your heart yeah that's so that's great much and- more fun for me it's so much fun <laughs> and in diving into those characters and you all do such a great job of interacting not only with each other but really developing some rich characters here and something that helps that is the technology that comes along with Pixar developing how to play with fire and make it move and the when the water interacts with all of you and you see the, the you know the steam coming off of some of the characters because they're getting closer to the fire it's just remarkable so just some of your first reactions when you actually got to see this film rendered and you got to see the this technology at work my god it is a technological feat of mastery because what you're dealing with you're you're not dealing with fire like a match on fire or a piece of wood on fire you're dealing with a fire being that is constantly moving as you said it's emitting light so then you put this fire being next to a water being and that light that's being emitted from the fire being is reflected on the water being and and uh when i first uh, started working with peter not the very first maybe it was the first day i really think it was the second that he showed me a little um drawing of cinder and uh you know Partially the drawing being just, it looked like a hand drawing. There's no light being emitted. It's not moving. And uh, and the fact that Peter and the whole team at Pixar, they're so humble and they're so wonderful that it just made me feel like, okay, so we're doing some independent project and it's nothing. And then it wasn't until I saw it rendered and you're like, oh my God, it's so stunning. So stunning. It's so beautiful. And the music of... Thomas Newman, oh, it felt yeah. like, I mean, it just made me melt. 
The score is so good, but I also tell you that I've played Steal the Show maybe a thousand times in the last week since I've seen it. I absolutely love that song as well. Uh, It's just such a a heartwarming and wonderful story uh, that I can't wait to take my son to here on Father's Day weekend as well and to be able to see it again. It's just going to be great. And and congratulations on that. My last question for you uh, before we wrap up here is I, I like to just kind of throw out an open forum for you a little bit because you're doing a lot of these press interviews and all these junkets. And I'm wondering if there's just a message or a story that you're never asked about that you want to talk about. Uh, and so I thought I'd, I'd throw that over to you to wrap it all up. You know what? And and you know, first of all, happy Father's Day. How amazing that this, this movie is opening on Father's Day because there's such a beautiful connection in this film between a father and a daughter. And uh, I wish fathers throughout the world would get more acknowledgement. Listen, mothers are incredible. We wouldn't be here without our mothers and women are amazing. And I'm so honored and I wanted, it was so important for me to represent my fellow immigrant women and women everywhere in the in this film. But I really feel like fathers um, don't get the, uh, the, love and the encouragement and the uh, respect that they deserve. They, they really are good fathers, are holding up the world to have their families and their kids thrive. And um, as our mothers too, but fathers don't get the love back the way that mothers do. Some, you know, not all. And I am, please forgive me for generalizing. I don't no, mean... Why? I, I truly generalize, but you know what I mean. I, I truly appreciate that, and I just appreciate the art and the creativity that you continue to put out in the world and what you're doing. Mm. It really makes a difference, enriching all of our lives. So, just thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Wow, what a great opportunity. Thank you so much to Disney Pixar. Thank you to everyone who made this possible. Thank you for the the private screening, for everything that we were able to do to cover this film. I hope that you did get out there and see it this weekend. And I loved her message about fathers and Father's Day. It just really touched me. Uh, And I hope that you were able to experience this film with your family. And if not, over the weekend, you still continue to be able to just gather around uh, in a movie theater and have that communal experience of showing such a great piece of art that will help affect kids as well as adults. And that's what Pixar does best. So thank you so much to all of the actors and all of the creatives, all of Disney Pixar for bringing such a special film to us. And I would suggest that if you missed our episode from last week with the director, Peter Son, that you go back and listen to that episode as well. Uh, It certainly was a wonderful conversation with him. So definitely go and check that out and check out all of our other past episodes by just searching for Beyond the Mouse on any podcast feed. You can also make sure that you follow us on social media. We're Beyond the Mouse Pod on Instagram, also Beyond Mouse on Twitter, and then Beyond the Mouse Podcast Pals is where I'm directing you to on Facebook. That's our group where we get to talk all things Disney throughout the week as well. It's just been a great time getting to uh, cover all of this, getting to watch this film. I can't wait to see it a bunch of times with my son and looking forward to the future and hopefully covering more films for you in the future as well. But for now, and speaking for Brett and Vanessa as well, I am Craig, and we hope that we will see you soon 
in the front row, hopefully the front row of maybe a, a new Disney Pixar movie or a Disney movie or Indiana Jones or a more, new Marvel movie. We've got so much to look forward to in the very near future with this company, and I can't wait for it.